Hello friends, this is Clyde Makamuri. Before the interview that you're about to listen to begins, I thought it would be important for me to jump in and let you know that my audio quality in this particular recording was not the best. And for that, I am truly sorry. I only realized this in post-production. However, I felt that the interview was so important to share because there's a lot of valuable information that was shared by my guest, and I hope you'll enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Podverb. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the question, did dinosaurs really exist? And joining me is a good friend, Dr. Raul Esperanti, and I'll ask him to introduce himself. Over to you, Doc. My name is uh, Raúl Esperante, and I'm a paleontologist who works at the Geoscience Research Institute in California, United States. I, I do research in geology and paleontology, and my main lines of research are um, the study of fossil whales, especially in Peru, and dinosaur footprints, especially in Bolivia. I lead um, several research teams um, of geologists, biologists, and paleontologists with students as well. That is great. You know, your background gives us a lot of, uh, gives me a lot of excitement because it makes you very relevant to the question that we are going to be discussing today, did dinosaurs really exist? So maybe as we start, you could lay the groundwork for us by defining what exactly is a dinosaur? A dinosaur is a reptile, a kind of animal that is characterized by um, specific anatomical characteristics. Um, there are many kinds of reptiles in, in the present world, including turtles, um, crocodiles, lizards, uh, snakes. And in the past, there were dinosaurs. So you've essentially answered the basic part of our question by saying in the past they were there, so they did exist. But uh, I think we might need to go into it a little bit more because amongst Christians who are the major demographic of this uh, podcast audience, there are so many questions that are raised because they believe that the idea that dinosaurs existed challenges our beliefs. I don't know if we can discuss how they fit into the timeline of the Earth's existence and where exactly they appeared on the planet and when they disappeared. Okay, you are asking many questions and <laughs> each question needs um, several hours, at least, of, uh, of conversation. So let's see. Um, first of all, the existence of dinosaurs, the past existence of dinosaurs, that does not by any means um, conflict with scripture or Christian faith at all. So that uh, to begin with. Um, you know, in the um, 17th and 18th century, some people found 
uh, bones in uh, England, France, Belgium that uh, that were different from what they knew of um, existing animals like mammals, birds, and reptiles, and they couldn't find a match between those skeletons and bones they were finding and um, existing species or even um, other um, extinct species that they knew of. Um, also, they found footprints that could did not match uh, existing animals. Um, so they they wonder if, are are we seeing are we finding bones and footprints that belong or were you know of animals that no longer exist. And uh, evidence, um, you know, evidence um, accumulated to to that idea that these uh, skeletons were of a different kind of animal that uh, no longer existed, and they called them uh, dinosaur um, dinosaurs. And uh, the, the the as I said, the bones and the skeletons were you know they were they had similarities among them that could be grouped in that type of you know, newly created group of animals that they call dinosaurs um and they not did not match any other animal type known uh, to to them also they found eggs eggs fossilized eggs of course that did not uh, match in any known living group of animals, and they thought that they were, um, uh, you know, um, uh, they belonged to dinosaurs as well. And finally, they found footprints, big and small, round and some, and also tridactyl uh, footprints that could not be assigned to any living species or. A group of animals, but they matched the anatomy of the new bones that they were finding uh, that they call dinosaurs. So the 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 shape of those footprints and the anatomy, the shape of those, the feet of those new skeletons matched. So there we go. A, a new group of animals that went extinct in the past was created and it was called dinosaurs. So yes, the evidence is it's abundant and clear dinosaurs existed in the past and we have the skeletons footprints and eggs fossilized that is actually quite fascinating you know especially the evidence that you have just uh, mentioned because it's inconceivable you know for me living in the modern era how a footprint could be fossilized you know even eggs or even the bones of uh, creatures because the things that I see uh, happening today indicate that when I walk on the beach, the footprints will be washed away when the tide rises. When something dies or when eggs are left unattended, they will rot and they will decay. But we have this evidence and it's actually quite amazing that it has been kept for so long for us to experience the past today. You mentioned something about um, 
some of the footprints of the dinosaurs, you used a word that is not very familiar with many people. You said somewhere round, somewhere tri tridactyl. What does that mean? Uh, good. Yes, I'm studying dinosaur footprints in Bolivia, where we we find uh, thousands of them in in different layers. We interpret those layers as um, ancient um, shorelines or um, lake shores or river uh, shores where the sediment was soft and footprints could be, you know, the, the print of a foot of a walking animal was formed and preserved. Now, as you said, the preservation is not likely because the rise of, a, of the tides or the erosion of the water by the river or even wind or rain erodes the footprints. So, but some of them may last for a few days or even a few weeks in mud that hardens. But eventually, if it is not rapidly covered, those uh, footprints are eroded, even in, in, in hardened mud. Uh, they are eroded and disappear because of rain or, or running water. So uh, in the past, these, these trackways and footprints must have been buried very quickly, hardened. We call them cemented in, in geology. Huh? Uh, must have cemented and covered with layers of sediment uh, fairly quickly in order to, to be preserved. And that's what we see now. The, the, we see thousands of footprints in, in the world, fossil footprints, because they were rapidly preserved in the past. So these footprints, um, you mentioned that they match the anatomy of the bones that were found, but has there been any positive identification to say definitely this footprint came from such a creature or the associations are purely inferential? Uh, there is a degree of in inference, but the inference is good. I mean, you can... you. Uh, it's let's make a comparison. When you see a, a human footprint on a beach in, in New York, and New York is a very cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan city with people from all around the world, you cannot tell whether the footprint is from a man from Zimbabwe or from California or from Norway or from Argentina, but you can definitely say that it's a human footprint. Uh, similarly, in, in, in dinosaurs, you have different, like four or five different morphologies of footprints. There are some that are round, there are some that are tridactyl, meaning that they, ha they have the, the marks of three digits, like birds. Three toes. Three toes. Huh? Um, so uh, so there's, those are tridactyl, huh? three toes or three digits. And uh, when we, we compare that with the shape, the morphology of known dinosaurs that, have, that we have found the skeletons of, and, and, their, and their skeleton, the skeleton of their feet, we, we compare and we can, we can match with, you know, with a certain degree of, of, um, of assurance. Often we cannot pinpoint to the specific species but we can tell 
the the group of dinosaurs that he that he belongs in. That's that's quite fascinating, and I'm sure this is something that scientists that believe in um, intelligent design, as well as those that do not believe in intelligent design, can all agree on all the things that you have mentioned so far. Uh, yes, there. Um, yeah, then that is not in, in dispute. Um, at all, you know, the, those are facts. Dinosaur footprints, bones, eggs exist, they are there. And the, the differences might be in how we interpret them in terms of timing and when they were formed and uh, how long ago and so on. But uh, their existence is, is not in dispute. Yeah, that actually brings us to an interesting uh, question. So You've mentioned that timing is something that might be um, a point of disagreement between those that believe in intelligent design or those that choose to believe in an evolutionary model. So what, where, where is the point of departure there in terms of the timing? Well, there, fundamentally, there are two viewpoints. One is the evolution uh, is within long time within evolutionary worldview in which uh, life is very old, millions of years, and dinosaurs existed for millions of years and that they went extinct about 65 million years ago. And the other viewpoint, the other worldview is, um, is based on, on a short age for life as uh, the Bible, the creation story in the Bible asserts. That would place dinosaurs in, in recent chronology, a few thousand years ago. And um, most people who uh, go by that worldview, creation worldview, would also assert that dinosaurs perished in the global flood that is also told in the Genesis account in the Bible. That's uh, quite informative. You know, I'm trying to think now, you mentioned that um, some of those footprints were buried. Could we, could we then make an association between the flood and the burial of those footprints, the rapid burial of footprints, and maybe the other fossilized elements of dinosaur remains? I think that um, um, scientific arguments could be could be presented for that, that the, the, those footprints would have formed um, during the flood. But there are many details to be studied, like, for example, why are there uh, many uh, layers with footprints, or put it differently, many footprints in different layers, meaning that dinosaurs walked at a different times in the same area. And that, uh, that, that needs an explanation within a, a global flood. So um, each model, the evolutionary long time model has problems and the creationist model has problems too. Uh, we as scientists uh, try to find the best answers. And in my case, I work within a biblical worldview of time and that God is in control, I, I find that science is not in opposition to that, in, is not in contradiction to my faith. 
and my faith in creation, my faith in the flood. But I have to work on uh, solving the the difficulties that I find in, in science. But also secular non-believer scientists have their difficulties in their models as well, and they need to uh, find answers as well. Science is neutral. Science is neither positive or negative for faith or for atheism. Uh, science is neutral. Uh, and what we have to do is to do good science, and good science is never in contradiction with the Bible. And I, I guess also the gaps in knowledge allow believers to exercise their faith because if everything was clear to us, we would have no reason to exercise faith, which is an important part of our relationship with, with our Creator. Yes, God wants us to use, to exercise faith, but also our brains. Yes. There is this concept in Christianity that uh, we must have blind faith and believe because the Bible says so and that's it and that's sufficient. I have heard that from, from Christians and that's not biblical. God does not expect us to believe because he says so and, uh, and do not exercise reasoning. Uh, you know, God says in Isaiah, come here now, let's reason together. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout the Bible, we have multiple examples of how God uses reason, reasoning with humans and expects humans to use reason as well. Um, and in the Gospels, that's very, very clear. Paul, the Apostle Paul, emphasizes uh, knowledge and reasoning in, the, in his epistles. So the idea of having blind faith and do not think or explore knowledge, um, inquiry, science is alien to, to the Bible and uh, is not accord to what God wants for us. He gave us a brain and a mind to use and to question and to find answers. And that's what scientists uh, do. And we can do that within a biblical framework. Yes, and uh, we, we definitely appreciate scientists like you that are actually in the field doing the hard work, you know, to try and provide some of these answers to some of the questions that we have as believers. And we are very much appreciative of that. I'm looking at our time and we are almost out of time, but I'm just curious before we wrap this up, are dinosaur remains found all over the world or they're only found in specific Places. Well, dinosaur skeletons and footprints have been found in all continents, including Antarctica. And in, they are more abundant in some places like North America, Bolivia, Brazil, Argentina, Spain, um, England, uh, France, Italy, China, Mongolia, Morocco, South Africa. And uh, but that that is not because uh, you know they only live there. Um, it, it, there are other factors that uh, that have to do with that. Like for example, the number of scientists present in those countries studying, or the amount of 
exposures in the rock, in rocks. I, I, I can attest to the number of uh, Denisov uh, footprints that are in Bolivia, because I remember on our last trip there together, when we were visiting one of your research sites, I was actually active in finding some of the new ones that your team had not seen. So I guess that makes me a co-discoverer of some of, a co-discoverer of, all of this. <laughs> yeah, since you went there, we have found in that area, it's a, an area of about the size of a, um, a, a football field, mm-hmm. we found 2,550 footprints and counting. <laughs> wow. That's that's a lot. No, thank you very much for spending the time to be with us here. And I'm sure our listeners are very much appreciative for the knowledge that you have shared with, with, with us here. And we hope we'll be able to connect again in the future and to learn more of the work that you are doing over in uh, South America as well as in California there. And we really appreciate to have you on board again for the future. But for now, this is it. And thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Well, that is it. That has been another episode of Podverb. I hope you were blessed by this episode. And we look forward to receiving more questions from you, our audience. Now, as we end this episode, I just want to remind you that you can send in your feedback via audio messages by using the link speakpipe.com slash podverb. That's speakpipe.com slash P-O-D-V-E-R-B. If you want to send in a, a typed message, you can send an email to podcast at podverb.com. And thank you to all of you that have been sending in their support The latest message came in from Eve, and thank you, Eve, for reaching out. If you would want to support the show and help us grow, I'd ask you to do this one thing. Share an episode with a friend, just one friend or family member, and let them know that there is Podverb. If they don't know how to access podcasts, please help them to join the podcast movement so they can be able to learn more as they listen to each episode that we bring. So that is it from me today. Until next time, be blessed.